0: Welcome to Ha'i Geret, or The Message, a unique journal of original and plagiarized Jewish thought in the merit of my grandfather, Beniminari ben Leah, for a refushlema for Escherbatzifora, and also for those affected by a terrible accident that happened on Mount Meron in Israel today. This week's Parsha is more. Parshiot were often named for the first significant word used. So our first sentence is, And Hashem spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the Kohanim, the sons of Aaron, saying to them, Don't defile yourself for any dead person of your kin or people. This referring to the fact that Kohanim, priests, cannot come into contact with dead bodies because then they will become ritually impure and cannot perform their duties. So, yes, I'm going to talk about something that people often do talk about with this Parsha, but then I promise I will veer into something a little more original. So, as you may have heard in that first sentence, there's a little bit of redundancy, just with different ways of communicating the word say. Why is the text speak to the Kohanim, saying to them? If you've written any important email ever, you know that there is a world of nuances you have to navigate. Speak, amor, is aggressive while saying, amarta, is a little more gentle. Rashi, Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchaki, comments that the first, harsher command is for the big kohanim, the experienced kohanim, and the second, gentler command, is for the small kohanim. The Lubavitcher Rebbe, Menachem Mendel Schneerson, taught that there is a parallel of big versus small within us too. What is big within us is our power of intellect and emotional intelligence, while the small aspect is our ability to act. Our intellect, our thoughts then, are important in determining and instructing our actions. But this feels a little counter to everything we've ever learned before, specifically in Pirkei Avot, The Ethics of the Fathers, a part of the Mishnah. Rabbi Chanina Ben Dosa taught, Anyone whose deeds exceed his wisdom, his wisdom is enduring. But anyone whose wisdom exceeds his deeds, his wisdom is not enduring. So we learn that only those who act upon their wisdom are enduring. But didn't we just learn that the actions are the small, narrow minded aspect to us? Even further, just a little later in Pirkei Avot, we hear from Rabbi Elazar Benazaria, who taught Anyone whose wisdom exceeds his deeds, to what is he compared? To a tree whose branches are many, but whose roots are few. And the wind comes and uproots it and turns it upside down, etc. But one whose deeds exceed his wisdom, what is he like? Like a tree whose branches are few but whose roots are many since even if all the winds of the world come and blow upon it they do not move it from its place so to translate we don't want to be a top heavy tree just with a lot of wisdom and not a lot of deeds we want to be a bottom heavy tree supported by our deeds this still feels counterintuitive but our answer maybe is given just before that beautiful piece of imagery we get the famous line If there is no flour, meaning bread or sustenance, there is no torah, and if there is no torah, there is no flour. Im ein kemach, ein torah, im ein torah, ein kemach. Flour of course represents the physical, tangible needs that we have, and torah represents our intangible wisdom. We cannot have one without the other, which communicates to me the value of moderation, of balance. Sometimes our actions represent an impulsive side to us, but sometimes all the wisdom in the world cannot make up for actions. I'm about to tell an anecdote that I promised myself I wouldn't talk about on this, but here we are. I I can't not, it's just, it's calling to me. Okay. So I got a desk for my room in my apartment and I'm writing this, recording this from that desk. Now it's a, a really, really great investment. I wanted one that had certain qualities that would make it the most efficient for when I work from home or do anything of substance. It took me a while to even decide on which desk to buy, and I specifically wanted one that would not require any specialized tools, because I do not own any specialized tools. And when the desk came, I wanted to be able to assemble it immediately. So I carve out some time to do it. I sit down and open the box. I pull out the manual, and what does it say? Before you begin, get a screwdriver. I was livid. I could have bought a screwdriver if I knew that I needed one. So I emphatically speedwalk to the Ace Hardware a few blocks away. I get a screwdriver. It's an 11-in-1. It has all these little, like, removable heads. I'm honestly excited about it. And I emphatically speedwalk back to my apartment. I remove the screwdriver from its complicated packaging. I am ready to go, so I open the box of nuts and bolts and things. And what rolls out? You guessed it. A screwdriver. So there was one included, and all my research was correct. It didn't let me down. And so this is when my negative self-talk begins. Me to me. Why are you so impulsive? Why didn't you just look through the materials like a normal person? Why did you rip this stupid screwdriver from its unnecessarily complicated packaging before checking to make sure that you needed it? Hashem, what are you trying to teach me? At this point, I'm just mad that I've wasted so much time when I could have been building. So I start working. I decide that I'm going to return the new screwdriver and try to use the included one. Only to find that it is extremely ineffective. It's super cheapy and honestly doesn't get the job done as well as my fancy new screwdriver. Me to me now. Wow, Shira, you did what had to be done and got the dang screwdriver and it worked out just fine. Hashem always has a plan. If you want to read this whole saga in my family group text, you can see the picture below, but I share this because something I'm working on is being a little more detail-oriented and not always acting when I feel like I should. I learned that all the wisdom, me taking forever to pick a desk, scrutinizing everyone to make sure I'd be able to build it myself, thinking ahead and planning out time to do it, didn't make up for what tangibly needed to be done. Owning a screwdriver and doing the building. It's safe to say that I felt like a bottom-heavy tree that day. A tree supported by deeds, firmly planted in the ground. And this whole week, I have been a self-proclaimed girl boss, doing whatever needs to be done, leaning into deeds and actions. So that is the energy that I'm taking with me into Shabbat. And I hope you will, too. We can all be bottom-heavy trees together. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you found this meaningful, and I hope you have a great weekend.